Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 40 of Jock Talk, my friends. Glad to have you aboard. Hope you are prepared to be entertained and dazzled over the next 40, 45, 50, 55, 60 minutes as uh, me and Big Joe and the Big Rig give it to you. This is episode 40. How about that? That's a big number. It's a round number. It's a whole number. That who, means it's a good knew? time. Who knew we'd make it to 40? Right, because the word I got that after three, somebody read put a contract out on me. But, you know, that's a story for another. No, day. that was after episode four. I was, hoping, <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to get fired on my day off. That's what the hell happened with that. But all right, then. Yeah, that's Big Joe in the Big Rig. One of my friends, uh, the man, who, the only man, I think, who feels honored enough to just say whatever is on his mind to me. Straight, no chaser. All the time. So that that's good. Um, it's the Christmas season. It's the holiday season. I saw some Christmas lights last night uh, in some neighborhoods when I was rolling around. That also reminds me, it's a good time to pick up my book, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and Making a Men. I spent a year on the Jack State campus rolling with Coach Prime, had total access to the program. And if you want to know what he's all about as a coach, my book will tell you. If you want to know what he's all about as a man, as a father, book will tell you that too. Um, so it's wherever you buy your books, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Target, anywhere you get them. Audible, the audio book is fire. Corey Jackson did a phenomenal job. But it's available, and, uh, you know, enjoy it. It's a good read. It's a great read, and not just because I read it. I wrote it. I also read it. Um, this is also time to tell you my Twitter account got deleted. That's a long story that we're going to tell you one day when I get to the bottom of it. I got the FBI working on it. Delete it. Gone. So if you think you follow me, you don't. So hit me up at JJT Journalist. I am Jean-Jacques Taylor. And, you know, we always like to tell you, if you've been involved in an accident, and not just a car accident, it could be an 18-wheeler, it could be, you know, at a construction site, it could be some medical malpractice. If somebody has hurt you and it's not your fault, what you need to do what you must do is pick up the phone and call 972-934-8900. Now, you should already have that number in your phone, so you don't have to go looking for it. Um, Greening Law, what you do is you call them up, you say, hey, here's what happened to me. Here's my deal. Here's my situation. What do you think? And if they bring you on as a client, and that happened just the other day, one of our listeners called Greening Law, laid out their details. Greening Law brought them aboard. Let me tell you. It's a great day for you, and here's why. Robert Greening and the Green Team walk you through the process. Because when you start an insurance fight, man, it's long, it's tedious, it's drawn out, it's complicated, Um, it can be messy, it can be scary, intimidating, all of that stuff. They walk you through it. They hold your hand. They got a flashlight, one of the big flashlights. And they say, hey, let's walk straight. Hey, hold tight. Let everything go by. Hey, take a right, take a left, stand still. It's all good. They walk you through that process. You need a doctor, they can find you one. You need a specialist, they can find you that too. Why? Two reasons. Rest, renewal. 
They want you to chill out. They want you to relax. They want you to get back to how you used to be before you were hurt in this accident. That's what they specialize in. And they take care of everything so you can focus on rest and renewal. Get your mind right. Get your body right. You'll be back right. Now, I always like to tell y'all, they don't get paid unless you get paid. That's a big deal. They don't get paid unless you get paid. So you never have to wonder whether you're at the top of their priority list. You are. You never have to wonder if they're fighting hard for you. They are. You never wonder just where you fit into the whole big deal. You're number one because they don't get paid unless you get paid. It behooves them, as my mom used to say, to work for you, to do their best for you. And that's what they do. 972-934-8900. That's the number. If you're involved in an accident, it's not your fault. Give them a call. Now, we're going to start the show with my man, Clarence E. Hill Jr. The E stands for what, Joe? Every day he might be right. Everything, <laughs> he, everything he say, going to have a little heat on it, you know. Ever ready to get down and argue. So All right. That's it. I like that last one, yeah. Uh, so let's give Clarence a call. Check in on those Dallas Cowboys. Hello. What's up, Doc? What's up, man? How y'all doing this morning? It's all good, man. You had your morning pee? <laughs> really? We doing this? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, he, you know, he gonna be the dead horse, dog. You gonna? I mean, yeah. gonna hey, the, the people love it. Uh, this is uh, oh, you love it. Hit. You love it. Well, I am the people, and the yeah. people—I am the people, and the people are me. Oh, uh, this is, is uh, Clancy Hill Jr. The E stands for every day. He got something to say with a, with a little bit of heat on it, and, and he's gonna be ready to argue. Uh, he's brought to you each and every Friday by Smokey John's Barbecue, eighteen twenty West Markenburg. Get you some. Uh, hey, Doc Mike McCarthy. I thought it was wild that he had appendix surgery to remove his appendix, and he acting like coaching on Sunday ain't gonna be no big deal. Is that the feel that you get? I mean, that's what they're saying, and, you know, obviously you, you talk to people and, you know, these things, you know, he he was supposed to be, you know, he had the surgery yesterday and, and was supposed to release, you know, in the evening, and I've never had appendicitis, but talking to people who've had it that you can be up and about, and, you know, it's a simple thing as long as there are no, no complications, and we'll see, you know, we, we talked to Dak yesterday, and he said, yeah, he wants to go to sideline coaches, and even Dak said, we'll see, because we don't know, he, I mean, he's, 60 years old you know this is usually something you you, you hear people who have appendicitis or these type of emergency appendectomies they're younger you know it's different with someone older we'll see how his body reacts and all that other stuff but the Cowboys are saying all the right things he's saying all the right things they expect him to coach on Sunday and, and so we'll see the difference is here is that you know the Cowboys have experience of, of coaching or playing without Mike McCarthy they certainly they did it a couple of years ago during the pandemic, he missed the game against New Orleans uh, because of COVID. And uh, Dan Quinn stepped in as, as the coach. But the difference then was he was not the play caller. He was just a walk-around overseer head coach, so to speak. This time, he's the play caller. And he's very important to put in the game plan and get everything ready for the game. And how will him being in, had do, dealing with this on Wednesday, and will he be able to – install because he he has a famous quote if you call it you got to install it 
you know, and, and will he be able to install uh, plays? And if he can't call plays, you know, certainly you'd like uh, what Brian Schottenheimer's done, but Mike has a rhythm for it. I mean, let's be honest, as hot as Dak Prescott has been over the last seven weeks, Mike McCarthy's been hot as well. He's in the zone calling plays. A lot of those wider plays that you're seeing from the Cowboys because of play calls from Mike McCarthy, he certainly has a rhythm going right now. You hate to see that rhythm messed up on Sunday. No, I think uh, I, I think you're right on that. I think the interesting thing is you can have an appendectomy and have surgery if you and I'm not I'm not even caught up in the age because when you were saying that I'm like. You actually used to call him 60. Oh, dog, I'm closer to 60 than I am 50. And some of us on this call are even closer to 60 than I am. Uh, but I think the bigger <laughs> and, thing. And, 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 and as we all know, we can't do the things we used to do. And we don't recover. I don't know about y'all because I, I eat raw eggs in the morning and work well, out you didn't, day, you so. didn't use, Let's be honest, y'all. You didn't used to do a lot, okay? Oh, oh. <laughs> Well. You're doing more now than you did when you was young. Okay, let's be honest about that. Well. I'm just saying. <laughs> Joe, tell the truth, Joe. Well, well, yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay. Some, hey, of us, some of us got a little more mileage, you understand? Some, some of us got a lot more mileage. Hey, just being honest about it. We're going to keep it real, then. We're going to keep it real. We're going to keep it real. So? I know you're feeling good about your workouts right now. I'm just saying, we're going to keep it real. Yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, I already drunk my half, my six egg whites this morning. Uh, okay, and ran, that, that and ran fine, my ten, man. and ran my ten mile. So, man, I, I know really, people that work out. I know that people work out all the time. They still can't do what they used to do. Okay, uh, so back to, back to Mike McCarthy. Uh, I, I, hey, you, uh, you open that door, sir. And hey, you he, motherfuckers he walked right through. Right right he flummoxed right go. now. He yeah, flummoxed. Yeah. I ain't flummoxed. I'm good. My question was, because Dion set the standard coaching from a motorized wheelchair. I think it's more about uh, just the, the – yeah, uh, if, if you have surgery, I think it's more about just your – when you talk about rest and recovery, normally you can be active, but you at the crib relaxing, you know, watching TV or something. Maybe you walk up back and forth to the kitchen as opposed to standing up on the sideline, being fully focused – on calling plays and all of that. And I think that's that's my only concern, and that to me would be, you know, whether well, that, that's, that's the effect. That's one thing Dak brought up when he talked about he plans to be on the sideline. Well, this could, he could be in the booth and call plays. Right. Yeah, that, that, that actually you makes know, sense the, right there. You know, and not, and not be on the sideline because, you know, that coaching from a wheelchair is one thing. We, we've all seen, you know, just incidents on the sideline. You don't really want to be – Sitting on the side of any NFL game, anything happened. You remember the Texas quarterback Malik Murphy got hurt, you know, uh, in the in the um, one of the play uh, one of the uh, regular season game watching the kickoffs, you know, and and and, and so right. you know things happen. It happens too fast. Players happen too fast on the sideline. Official official broke his leg last week. You know, somebody yeah. running to the sideline. So you you know you you just don't want to be in a wheelchair or in a chair or in a stool on the sideline during the game. So, you know, if, if he can't stand up for three hours, and we, and we don't know, uh, there's a good chance he could be in the press box sitting down no. calling plays. Now, that, that would make sense to me, and that, that would be a, a smart move. Um, how do you see the game? Uh, last They just played a month ago. Philadelphia won 28-23. Dallas had the ball at the six-yard line, two minutes left with an opportunity to win it. How do you see this one playing out? I mean, the Cowboys, you know, really should have, could have won that game. And we, we could talk about, you know, we talked about that. It was a game of inches, you know. You know, Dak 
go out of bounds, you know. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker, you know, half inch short of the goal line, you know, that that would have been a certainly different game. Uh, and, and you look going forward, this is what the Cowboys hope. You know, they, they really played well. You know, you talk about their surge since the um, 49ers lost. That was part of their surge. They they lost, but they continued to play well. The offense continued to play well. Jack threw for 377 yards or something like that. And they game, they continued to play well. And they played as well as anybody over the last seven weeks. And certainly they were hoping, you know, they would continue to win and, and have a chance to play for the – uh, NFC's lead uh, when they got the rematch in Dallas, and and they you know, you know when Kansas City you know couldn't pull it off and, and knock off the Eagles, and certainly Buffalo couldn't pull it off, but the 49ers helped them do a little dirty work and and knocked off the Eagles, and and that's what they have. They have opportunity to to play for the NFC East lead, type of first place uh, on Sunday, and this is a Cowboys team that let's be honest, they don't lose at home. They lost, they won 14 straight games. Uh, certainly, they're six and zero at home in 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 twenty twenty three. They play their best football at home, and this is the Eagles team. And then they also rested, you know, outside of Matt McCarthy, they're healthy. They're rested, you know, with ten days off since the third uh, that Thursday game against Seattle. This is the Eagles team that's coming off a physical battle against the Forty ers That's coming off seven days. The Cowboys have more rest. Uh, I see the Cowboys winning this game. I always saw the Cowboys winning at home again. They they've won five straight against the Eagles. They should take care of business at home. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the at the last game, it's a uh, you know I, I think that they had everything. I mean, every opportunity to win it, they just didn't. Part of that is uh, Philadelphia went seven to fourteen on third down, two of two on fourth down. But when you look at it, man, it was really kind of interesting because, and I didn't really realize it until I looked at it, is that Philadelphia only had two hundred ninety-two yards in that game. Um, and so defensively, the Cowboys did a good job on them after they kind of figured it out, uh, what they were doing early in the game. A.J. Brown, seven uh, for 66. Jalen Hurts, 207 yards passing, two TDs. Uh, Swift, 18 for 43. So they really did a good job defensively, which leads me to this. The last two games, Deron Bland has given up quite a few catches. And they had to pick six against Washington, so we kind of overlooked the, the receptions he gave up. He did have a pick against Seattle, but he got roasted on the regular. Um, I'm going to go way back with you in the way back time machine because somebody made me think about this yesterday. I remember a season. It seemed like it was 97, 98, 99. Mario Edwards had a great first 10 games of the season. And we were like, oh, maybe he's found himself, former Florida State cornerback. And Dan Marino lit him up on Turkey Day. And the rest of the league lit him up the rest of the season. He was gone like a year later. And I'm not saying that about Deron Bland, but I'm saying have teams kind of figured out how to attack him and uh, what will Philadelphia do to try to take advantage of him this week? Well, I mean, I, mean, I think the dirty little secret is I think teams have attacked him all season. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't think any team has shied away from the Cowboys' secondary. He just made plays. One thing I liked about Deron Bland, what I talked about, you know, the Cowboys have had cornerbacks who've given up plays but they, they never got their lick back. Right. You know, okay. Deron Bland gets his lick back. Okay. He going to get, you're going to beat him, but he going to win himself too. And that's what they, that's what you loved about the Seattle game is that, yeah, he gave up some plays. Certainly the Cowboys, you know, it's, it's good when you have a defensive player of the year in your back pocket. And they switched Gilmore, you know, on DK Metcalf. <laughs> and, and, lo, and, and lo and behold, Deron Bland got a lick back in the second half. He got his pick. 
you know, he's not going to shy away. He's going to continue to play and, and, and make plays on the ball. And that's all you can hope for, you know, that, that he's going to get it. You know, he's going to c- continue to compete and get his lick back. And that's what he did. That's what he did against Washington. You know, that's what he did against, you know, UCL. He's going to get his lick. He's going to still be there. If you make a mistake, he's going to make you pay for that mistake. And, and that's what, you know, again, what the Cowboys cornerbacks in the past didn't do before Trevon Diggs and Jerron Blair showed up. They would cover people. They couldn't catch a cold. They dropped <laughs> picks. They let people catch the ball all over them. They'd be right in place. And, you know, Cheeto Woozy, you know, he'd be right in place. And boy, just catch the ball. But he never got his hands up. Byron Jones, you love him. He could cover. He never caught a pick in his life in his career in Dallas. You know, <laughs> you know these guys get the ball. You know, they, they take the ball away. So I, I, I think it's different than that. And, and, and certainly, you know, if you go back, I know you looked at the numbers, but it's the the Eagles' offense, they, they when they hello, I don't know, I don't know what happened. Uh, let's see if we can give him a call back. All right. <clears throat> what is Jacques talk without some technical difficulties? That's what we do, baby. <laughs> Either that or his, he ain't pay his phone bill. Where you were, but like I said, these guys get their lick back, and, and so right. I, I think it's a different game. But going back to that first game, and you, you talk about the numbers, the Eagles. If you look at the fourth quarter late in that game, they 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 played conservatively because they had to lead, so they didn't really put the ball in the air much late in the game. So that, right, that's also played a role in some of those numbers. But one thing that you got to understand is that one thing I've said: um, Eagles were ten and one, and certainly are ten and two, but they have not been playing good. It's hard to say. That a ten and one team is not playing well, and I always felt that you know, you know, it, their time was coming because they, they, they've been behind like four straight games. They finally won at the end. You gave credit for winning at the end, but you can't watch the Eagles all season and say they were playing as well as they were playing a year ago when they opened ten and one. This is not the same team, and and so they were living on bar time. You know, it's hard to say that about a ten and one team, but they were living on bar time and, and they crashed hard against the forty nine ers. You watch the team. This is certainly there's there's certainly something amiss about the offense. Jalen Hurts is not running like he did. He's not playing as well as he did a year ago. Uh certainly he's injured. Uh, the running game is not what it was. Uh, that defense is one of the worst pass defenses in the league. And, you know, Dak lit them up. Everybody light them up. So, you know, this is a game that the, the Cowboys should and can win. And that's an interesting point because they should win, to me, because everything is in their favor. And I'm I'm like, I think it would, this would be uh, – like, I don't think San Francisco was a devastating loss. I think it was, damn, we got to strap it up because uh, they kicked our butt. I think this would be a devastating loss. And so I think they will play with a certain level of desperation um, to win it, and I, I give them the edge. But I, I would, I don't think, uh, I think a loss here would be just devastating. And so I don't think they can afford to lose, and that's one reason I think they'll win. And you know, because a loss means you play three good teams, so to speak, and you're zero and three. The division, you no longer have any chance to win that. And um, you're at the crib, so your 14-game winning streak is gone. I just think there would be so many negatives to a loss that that will help them win because they'll play with a certain level of desperation. Yeah, they should. And then, and then we go back to the 2007 Giants. 
who lost twice to the Cowboys in the regular season, they beat their butt in the playoff and won the Super. And went, and went on to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> but uh, I hear you. <laughs> I mean, if you want if you want to sell that kind of hope, I ain't mad at you. No, you can sell it. Hope. I mean, you can I, sell I, that hope. Well, the Eagles got to go. To, the Eagles got to go to Mexico or something, right? Is that when? Is that when? No, they, they is that when they went to Cabo or huh? whatever? Tony Romo there. Yeah, 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 yeah. When the Cowboys, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When the Cowboys with the Cowboys, yeah. I don't think yeah. he's gonna go to Cabo. Yeah, it, it, the flight ain't the same. But uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I hear you. I, I do think that 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 from a from a confidence going to playoffs in the role, you put so much into this and so much. I think there's so much talk about the Cowboys not being able to overcome these type of challenges that it will be be a huge setback. But again, it's a long season. They got so much to go. They know, just like Dex said, even if they win this game, they know they probably have to play them again. They might have to meet them again to get where they want to go. So it's, this is another step in the journey. You know, yeah. let's let's be honest. Because we people made a lot of a uh, uh, lot of uh, grandiose. Uh, uh, I, I can't even get what to say, but they they made a lot of uh, statements about the loss to the Forty Nineers. I, I remember back when this. this this yeah, somebody, 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 somebody wrote that Dak was a fraud. I don't, I don't know. Who that yeah, yeah. Was. A lot of people, a lot of people wrote that after the Forty Nineers. You game wrote that. And, and, and <laughs> that he was a fraud. You, you wrote, you wrote that. Yeah. We're gonna have to go to the videotape. Yeah. I mean, that he was a fraud. You said yeah. Yeah. That Dak apologized. Wrote he was a fraud. No, I wrote that you can't. <laughs> Write a check your butt can't cash. Don't talk the, all I that saw trash. The, I saw the word F R A U D. You sound flummoxed. You sound flummoxed. No, yeah, you do. I am, I am flummoxed because I don't remember <laughs> writing that. Yeah, I did, I did write a hard column that the Cowboys, you can't talk that trash. Right. And not back it up, and so it, it it exposes you, and it does. Well, one it of your exposed. one of your better one of your better lines was, "Who am I going to believe? You or my lying eyes?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I need to go back and see the video. I read, I read yeah. everything. Yes, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and listen, and, and I will, and I will talk to people. Yes, it, we, we everybody did make again. We 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 made generalizations about the Cowboys after that Forty Nineers game, yep. and they changed the way they were playing. But let's be honest. And Dak acknowledged it. They changed the way they played offense after that game. He changed how you approach running and playing court position yes, after that indeed. game. Yep. So, so, yep. so, as, as Jack would say, sports is fluid. So, at that point, we did make those statements, and those statements right. were true at that right. time. But they made changes. They improved. Dak is playing. No quarterback is playing better than Dak Prescott right now. No player is playing better than Dak Prescott right now over the last seven weeks. Just the numbers scream it out. And, and, and this offense is hot. And, and, and so this team is playing as well as anybody right now. Uh, you know, so, you know, they've changed their ways. But, again, no doubt. this is another, this is another step in their journey. They need to overcome the Eagles. And, again, they beat the Eagles. So that's my, the thing is, though, you know, they beat the Eagles. Last, they, they won the last five straight against the Eagles. It's not the same hurdle as the 49ers because mm-hmm. the Cowboys have not beaten the 49ers the last three years. They've beaten the Eagles. They got success against the Eagles. They they know they can beat the Eagles. They've done that. But again, as we all know, it don't matter what they do in the regular season. What they're gonna do in the playoffs? Roger that. Uh, speaking speaking of uh, Dak, where is he in the MVP race in your in your mind? Again, I think he should be number one. There, there's no question about that. We love Tyreek Hill and what he's done, and and and. But you cannot compare what a receiver does play in the play out. 
to what a quarterback does. And, 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 and so it's a nice story what they're doing down in, in Miami and what Tyreek Hill is doing. And do have a, they do have a nice award for him and even Chris McCaffrey. He's called the Offensive Player of the Year. He should win the Offensive Player. It's like when, when the Rams won. They gave Kirk, Kirk Warner the, the uh, MVP and they gave Marshall Falk the Offensive Player of the Year. There, there's a nice award for him. He should get that. <laughs> as far as playing quarterback position, you know, and, and I talked about it two weeks ago, and, 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 and I said that we don't really have to pump up that. You know, for the way he's playing, if he continues to play the way he's playing, and they overcome these next few weeks of challenges, he will be the MVP. If, if he beats Philadelphia, beats Buffalo, plays well against Miami, and, and, and navigates the Cowboys the rest of the season, his numbers will scream loud enough that he should be the MVP. Because right now he's playing the best football anybody right now. Now here's an interesting question. I think. And all these games will be in prime time. I'm sorry. You know, you got the, you know, you got the Detroit game. All these games are in prime time. You know, you know, in, in, in major markets, so the world will be watching. And I haven't looked this up. Can you be an MVP if you don't win the division? Yes, we've had that before. Right. I said I, I had looked it up. I wasn't because I, I, I couldn't I mean, remember off the top of my head. Jaden Daniels finna win the highest one, and he didn't, you know, finna third or fourth in, in the SEC, right? Well, that's college. We we talking about NFL. Well, so the I gotta, problem I, is this. The problem is this, you know, yes, I mean, I, I understand that question, but people had put Jalen Hurts as the MVP leader before last week because they were 10 and 1. But you cannot tell me Jalen Hurts was playing great football. His numbers don't even come close to Jack, right. Jackson Brock Purdy, but they were winning. You know, I, I think we need to get out of that, you know, just to, you know, he's the quarterback and, the, and, and they're number one. Uh, that, that that should not be the case, and, and certainly the biggest competition of Dak right now is, is, is Brock Purdy. But let's be honest, we know what Brock Purdy at Forty Nine often looked like without Debo Samuel and Trent Williams. And I mean, it's funny. And listen, Dak, 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 Brock Purdy's having a great year, and he's you know leading the league in, in completion percentage and, and quarterback rating, and, and he's putting the ball on the money. But he beat the Eagles last week. I think he passed for three hundred and thirteen yards, three hundred fourteen yards. And 213 or 214 were run after catch. That was Debo catching a short pass and taking it to the house. I mean, I think he, you know, and this is not me. It's somebody else did the work, you know, on 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 Twitter. And I, he only had four passes that were air yards over 15 yards. They were all short passes. They were all runs after catches. That that that's been the secret sauce. I mean, everybody has success. In that offense, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was having the same type of success, and actually took him to a Super Bowl in that offense. That's that's more about what Kyle Shanahan is doing. I think, and, uh, and certainly I saw he's some numbers. Back and make it work. I saw some numbers on that, where his, his numbers are comparable to other people's numbers, where it's like 54 percent of his yards on after the catch, percentage of his yards yeah. after the catch. But that's that's standard for a lot of good quarterbacks. Had it, I think Patrick Mahomes' yards is like that too. So I don't know if the run after the catch argument is a good one. I don't know about that. Oh, well, okay. Ultimately, uh, ultimately uh, the win, the winning is going to be the ultimate right, argument. Right. No, it, it's going to be that. And, and, and the way 49ers are playing, they may not lose another game. But but what if they both end the season with the same record? Obviously, you you and they have the head to head win. Who's playing the quarterback position the best? You know who should win. It's going to be a tight race. There's, there's no question about that. I thought it'd and, be and, like and the importance to the team. Like if you take Dak out of the Cowboys, you take Brock away from. Oh, well, you I got, guess you that's got my Sam point. Darnold sitting there waiting to do the 49ers. That ain't going to work. 
Well, that, again, I, I, that, that's why I pointed out when the Fortinets lost both their games was because Debo was out. You know, Debo is too oh, important yeah, yeah, yeah. To, gotcha. to, to that offense. Gotcha. Debo was out. Trent Moody was out. They're too important to that offense when they lost both those games. And I think that does more for the Cowboys to win than he does. That, that's okay. that's all it's like. Very valid. Yes, sir. I, I, I looked up some numbers while we were talking just to give you some perspective. Uh, and I knew it, but I didn't know the numbers were like this. Uh, I looked up Cheeto, J- Cheeto Awujie, Byron Jones, and Brandon Carr, just because we like Brandon Carr. Brandon Carr. Uh, Brandon. Those, those three gentlemen combined for 17 interceptions in 265 games. Uh, <laughs> your boy Diggs has got 18 in 47 games, and Bland has got 13 in 29. They got 31 picks in 76 games. And those other three who started for most of, like I said, you know, six, six picks in 82 games for Cheeto, four in 103 for Byron Jones, only two of those in Dallas, and Carr seven for 80 in the five years he was in Dallas. And so you can see, again, 17 and 265, that's a, that's a lot of playmakers added to your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I, I, how many Carr have in five years? Seven. Seven and five years. How many did Byron Jones have in his career in Dallas? No, he had two in Dallas. Exactly. And one of, and one of those was, was a Hail Mary pick. at the end of the first half. Right, he was, and he was the first-round pick. I mean, like I said, these guys get their lick back. You know, that's what they – they get their lick back, you know. Yeah. And, and and so, you know, again, it's hard playing quarterback in the league. You're going to get beat, you're going to give plays. But get your lick back. And, and, and these guys get their lick back. Yeah, uh, college football playoff. You, you like this? You like the way it, it went down? I mean, I ain't talking about tough. just Texas. I'm talking about. No, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about Florida State, and I, I think it's tough. And, and 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 you know, life ain't fair. You know, you, a Florida State team that that goes 13 and 0 or whatever their record is, and 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 wins the ACC. You know, they should be in. You know, you. I never liked the fact that they went to four. I always thought they should have went to 12. It made no sense. You know, when they go for two, make it a real playoff. And even 12 is not a real playoff. When when you got the smaller classifications, you know, doing, you know, first round, second round, you know, doing real playoffs. It, it never made any sense. It was always driven by the bowls and somehow trying to keep the bowls effective and, and making them happy and, and all the other stuff. It was always going to be someone unhappy with the situation and it's unfair. Uh, but let, let's let's be honest with the eyeball test. I think it has a lot to do with what happened with TCU last year. They don't want a TCU blowout in the championship game. And 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 yes, Florida State is undefeated, and 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 on paper they should be in. But we all know from the eye test that a Florida State team without their quarterback is not the same team against these. Uh, you know, it's not the same matchup, and, and could get blown out. And, and you don't want that. It's about to happen. The best teams and they're. On paper, undefeated, but you cannot tell me if you were asking who are the four best teams, you will pick Florida State with a backup quarterback. Yeah, but see, I, th- I think that's such a flawed argument because, and I, I understand it all, but it's but if you just if we just talk about just this year, you could look at those games and you could be like, well, where is Florida State coming in at? They're coming in at the number four seed. I could sit here and it wouldn't shock me at all if. Number four, Florida State, as they are currently comprised, beat Michigan. And I don't say that as Ohio State hate. I say that because Michigan got a raggedy Rudy Poot offense that's very one-dimensional. 
Florida State got a really good defense, and we all know you can win games in college with defense and special teams on a given day. Now, they would have a bigger problem if they got to the championship game, but we're also talking about just like last year, TCU, they came in and beat Michigan. So you had, it just seemed weird to me that they had earned the right to play, and then a bunch of people decided, well, they can't win, when the reason why we love sports is why. There's always a game where somebody goes, well, there is no way in hell they can win that game. And they go out and win it. We see it oh, all the time. No, it ain't even no surprise. Well, let, let's, let's also add the money factor in, okay? Well, yeah, let's, let's oh, that's why, that's why, that's why it's all bullshit. Again, you, you, brought up, again, you brought up TCU, but TCU got the door blown off from the championship game. Well, you don't want that to happen. Secondly, the, 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 the college football player would rather piss off in ESPN because they're, they're in charge as well. Well, rather piss off the ACC than than the SEC. And oh, so, yeah, yeah. We're, so yeah. you know, the, well, they should we just they should just tra- they should just change it to it's the College Football Invitational. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for real, because yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State yeah. got blown out in the championship game multiple times. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, and, and, I'm, and I'm sad to report that. Uh, yeah, but we keep but we keep uh-huh. getting there. Uh, yeah, so, but we, we, we're trying to get the best eyes and want the best ratings, and you know they're trying to set this up for Texas-Alabama championship game. So. Well, that's the other thing. We can all see that shit. I mean, they, like, <laughs> I, mean I mean, that's exactly yeah, that, that what they're trying ratings, to do. That would be ratings. That would be uh, premier to SEC, yeah. Texas going to SEC next year. They'll be yeah, talking yeah. about that forever. You know, no. that, that's the ESPN uh, college football. Bless their storyline that they want to, you know, that's what they want. No, so yeah. Uh, now that I got that off my chest again this week, uh, how you feel about your Longhorns uh, in Washington? Because that's going to be a hell of a game, get, I think. I, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's a high scoring game, but I, I would tell you that that Penix's last five games is not like his first six games, and 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 and, 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 and you know their pass, their defense is, is god awful, and so it's going to be a high scoring game. I just don't know if they can. Contain Texas is scoring, but it's going to have scoring game, and I think we have Texas has a better defense. I think we should be able to overcome Texas, Washington. Texas I mean, got a better defense because what? Oh, I was waiting for this. What? 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 What makes Texas defense better than Washington defense? I mean, the numbers make it better. I mean, yeah. I mean, you just look it, look it up. I mean, I you know, we ain't Texas, got our Texas, te- Texas Texas secondary is garbage. They, they, it's not garbage. And, and okay, and Kansas State coach, if Kansas State coach kicked the field goal, they walk right back down there in overtime, beat Texas. And then them we, guys we, ain't we, even we, no, they, them guys we, ain't even we, no good. We can, we, we can nitpick games. I go back to Arizona State game with Air, with, 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 in, in the Washington State game. We can nitpick games well, with all of them. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm watching, just saying, I'm watching I, I Texas, saying. I'm watching Texas get beat by Oklahoma, by Oklahoma using simple, simple motion. Simple motion. Tell me, simple. tell me, I, I know, you, I know you, I know you like watching football and you break down tape. Have you watched Washington's defense? Yeah, I mean you. Yeah. You watch. Te- what I'm saying is, you watch Texas more than Washington because of locality. Roger that. Let's be honest about that. Roger that's, that. that's all I'm saying. You watch Texas more than Washington because of locality, and I and I respect that. But I'm just saying the numbers suggest that the Washington defense has gone off. You know, if you look at all the the, the the numbers, statistics, and everything else, and so yeah, Texas has the you know Devontae Sweat, the defense line they showed up when it mattered most. The last two games, Texas defense didn't give up nothing, and, and they played great. And the offense, you know, is on another level. That passing game is on another level right now. So, uh, 
it, 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 again, it's nothing is guaranteed. Watchers is, is a good team. Penix is great. I've been following since he was in Indiana because one of my close friends yeah. is the IU grad. Yeah. And we've been talking about Penix since, since he left Indiana. Yeah. And so I, I, I respect all of that. Uh, again, I said it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think Texas should overcome them, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I, like I said, I, I don't. I, I think you're right about Washington defense. I just don't think Texas defense much better. But, no, I, the, but Texas, no the, 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 the Texas defense ain't the Michigan defense. There's no question about that. They're not. I'm not saying it's one of the top defenses in the league. I just think it's better than what Washington has, and and they have, yeah. and they can't slow them down. That's that's that, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying this is you know steel curtain at Texas. Right? <laughs> no, not certainly, at all. They, no, I, I certainly they. They have their flaws, uh, for sure. But they do have gamers, and they do have players that, that come up big in, in big moments. And you know, this is actually a rematch of the, the Alamo Bowl last year. Washington won twenty-eight twenty-one. All the Washington players played in that game. So the Texas played that game without their top two running backs who went to the pros, and 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 and, and Texas receiver had a broken hand in that game. They're just a different offense now. They improved the receiving core. They got the kid from Georgia. Uh, it, it's it, again. It's gonna be an interesting game. It's yeah. a rematch from last year's Alamo Bowl. Uh, but I don't think it's anybody. I, said, I don't think it's anybody on Washington that can cover Xavier Worthy. Not at no, all. No, not the, at all. All the other kids, Whittington, all, all the other kids, all, all the tight ends. Uh, it's just like, oh yeah. Well, you know, we're gonna know, put so. we're gonna put DeSoto zone Jabbar Muhammad out there. We'll yeah, okay. See, you know, we'll see what happens. Out all there, right, then. you know, is, is he on Washington? <laughs> Yeah, he's starting quarterback for Washington, number one. Okay, okay, well, he gonna get he, so he been getting roasted all years. What you said? <laughs> <laughs> okay, in, in full, in full, uh, what do you call it? Uh, disclosure. Yeah, in full disclosure. My son, who played at Desoto, said, "Hey, Dad, did you know he was on? He was playing for Washington." I said, "Oh, oh okay. We, you know, yeah, we always no. looking for ways to root. Uh, we got Desoto. You know, we like Clarence because he can talk about all things. We got Desoto." And uh, South Lake Carroll playing for the sixth time in this round of the playoffs. Uh, I like DeSoto, but I'm a little bit biased. Uh, uh, who you like in the game? I mean, I think DeSoto was the best team in Texas. I mean, I, I, I just don't. I mean, what they did to what they did to, to Duncanville, you know, is still at the top of my mind. They just killed Duncanville. And I think Duncanville has a good chance of winning state again. And and and, and South Lake Carroll is good, but look, I mean, DeSoto was blowing everybody out. You know, and, and, and certainly South Carolina had a little business against Byron Nelson. Uh, but, I mean, my God, you know, how can they stay on the field with DeSoto? Yeah, North Crowley played Duncanville. We was getting to that. We yeah. was getting to that. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, yeah, and North Crowley played Duncanville. And, and listen, we love the Terry County guy. Uh, the North Crowley coach is from Shiner, Texas. He's from around my neck of the woods. You know, that's where I grew up in that area. Uh, he's done a great job. And, and, and again, they took care of their business too. And, and, and how would they overcome Duncanville? The Duncanville since that DeSoto game has it's been mauling everybody. That's, nice. why you, mauling. That's, that's why you play the game. That's no, why I that's wanted. Why you play the game. No, you know, uh, again, I'm interested in. I'm, I'm I'm really interested and invested in North Texas taking care of business again, winning with with South Oak Cliff winning and DeSoto winning or South Lake Carroll, and, and, and certainly. Uh, Duncanville or your your North Crowley win a state again and, and bring us on and keeping the state championships and, and, and the rulers of high school football in Texas right here in DFW. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I think the problem for North Crowley, in addition to just Duncanville, is 
when you ain't never been there, it is a difference as you move further down the road and uh uh them bright lights can get you at some point. Um why you why you you know, why you making your first foray into what looks like will be a few uh since he got that program rolling now. So I think that's all and I think that's a big deal for DeSoto now. I think uh they've been there so many times now that their kids are used to it and nothing really phases them. Uh not that they didn't quit smoking weed before the games. Uh <laughs> <golly>. <laughs> Really? Is that what they're doing over there? Oh, man. Damn, throw them under the bus. Hey, man, you know. uh, Although, let me... Love love them or hate them. What the hell? I love them. Don't sound like it. And I didn't mention no names. But uh, I think the most amazing story is if Sock can pull off another one. Because uh, to win three, I mean, a lot of people win two. And that's fantastic. It really is. And... You know, but for them to do it at DISD, which has never done it in 50 years, if they can pull off three with, you know, different classes of kids coming through, that's uh, that's one of the all-time stories right there. So I hope uh, I hope they can get it done because they ain't got no advantages and they keep kicking butt taking names. Yeah. No, there's, there's no question about that. So it's, again, we're rooting for them all. And certainly, I'm sorry, I'm biased toward the southern sector, and I want the southern sector to take care of business. No, I ain't mad. That's uh, Clarence e. Hill Jr. The E stands for what, Joe? I don't know. I'm still phased by the smoking weed before the game. I don't know. <laughs> what the hell? The E stand. The E stand for edibles. Then yeah, uh, that's uh, Clarence e. Hill Jr. <laughs> man, <laughs> Clarence, help me, dog. Help me. Help me, he, out, man. I got both of y'all flummoxed. Nah, so I, no, nah, never flummoxed. <laughs> I, 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 I just looked this over talking to watch the hunkers have the. Washington Huskies have the 122nd ranked pass defense in college football. Okay, what Texas got? I, I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking at the Huskies stat. They 122. I don't think Texas is that low. So we back over there. Well, you know, Texas, Texas don't <laughs> Texas don't pass the high test. You wouldn't let me get it out a while ago, but when they play when they play teams, you put they don't they don't respond to motion. Simple motion change everything for them on that defense. Well, okay. I guess I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Go ahead on. You know what you're talking about. You watch the tape, man. You ought to watch the tape. I got you, Go man. Ahead. I got you. I'm just saying. I, mean, I, 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 I bet I bet Oklahoma State used a little motion. I bet they watch the tape, too. I bet they use a little motion. Nah, Oklahoma you know? State wasn't it, obviously. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't it. I bet they tried to use the motion. Check that winning touchdown drive with Oklahoma. Where they sent the I, boy listen, in motion they, and nobody guarded him. I know what happened against Oklahoma. Okay, but check I, but that I out. Other check teams, out 115. Bet, go ahead. Go, I, but go I, bet ahead. Tech, I bet Texas Tech and, and Oklahoma State saw that same tape you saw and probably oh. used some of the same plays. It's the, it's, 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 <laughs> you can use it. You can use what you want. It's the, it's the players and execution, but I'm just exactly, telling you. Check, exactly. out the 100, check out the 115 exactly. yards that you gave up to the little left-hander on the ground exactly. in Oklahoma. You think y'all going to exactly. hold Jalen Milrow? Not at all. Oh, we uh, we, uh, we all. played that game. We played that game, sir. We, we done that. No, he wasn't <laughs> even the same player. But it's he, right, he was though. the same player. No, he's not. Player. No, he's not. Good luck with that. that. You know, it's What's... funny because I looked it up. You know, before the Texas game, Jalen Milrow did something no Alabama quarterback had ever done. Mm-hmm. He passed for two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He passed for three touchdowns and ran for two. Nobody was questioning Jalen Milrow before the Texas game. They were talking about how he was the next great quarterback. I looked it up. 
he get, he gets exposed by Texas. They bench him. He come back the next week and he start doing the same thing he did See, before the, the Texas game. He start doing the same thing he did before the Texas game. The only blip on his season was uh-huh. the Texas game. For a guy and, who, and that way, I like he got better for, before the Texas game. They they blew out somebody fifty something to nothing, and he had three touchdown passes, two touchdown running. Uh-huh. Looked like the next whatever, and nobody questioned him. Oh, you, should, you should question Alabama's secondary against Texas. It wasn't Jalen Milrow. It was that Alabama secondary that, I, I, that y'all kept that, busting their Texas, ass. But, it wasn't Jalen. So for a guy who but, railed against the narrative, you railing, you you creating a narrative that, no, that, you that he was No, you brought up Milrow. No, I didn't bring up Milrow. No, I'm I saying it wasn't. You it brought was, up Milrow. It wasn't Milrow that Texas that cost him the game. It was the secondary that broke down time and time again that I Texas did, I, tore I, I up. This, I don't disagree with that, but you talked about what Milwaukee's going to do, and I'm just trying to tell you that it was it was Alabama's coaches who used that game to bench Milwaukee the next week. Right, though. Right. It wasn't just me. Understand? Okay, That's it was Alabama coaches who used that game to, to bench Milwaukee the next week. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they also judged Milwaukee in that game, not just me. They also said something wrong with Milwaukee in that game. Well, what was okay? wrong with the it secondary? Was, it was the secondary that lost the game. It wasn't Milwaukee. Again, I'm just telling you what Alabama coaches did. I know what Alabama's they did. coordinator, quarterback coach, head coach. That's what they did. And they reinserted them. Exactly. You know what? You know what? This ain't this ain't a podcast. This is a phone call. I, I, no, I, this is I, this is this I, a good I, conversation. I, I'm sitting here. No, we gonna, I'm sitting we here gonna. listening. Like, oh, they didn't. They didn't just forget about your boy while they're no, up here no. solving all the word problems. About no, we, we trying to save you from you. That's what we trying to do, but go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I appreciate, I appreciate you. <laughs> Save you from saying something else crazy. So we, that's what we doing right now. But all right. Well, you know, it, 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 it is obvious. Look, it's going to be a great game. I respect Jalen Monroe yeah. from Houston. You know, I like I like our yeah. Texas kids. And so, again, I want to see Alabama in the championship game. We want to, the nation wants to see Texas Alabama. He wants to see Texas Alabama in Houston, Texas, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, I don't know. I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave that alone right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you know, man. I, you had to pull, I, had, I know we go. I had to pull. I had to pull Joe into our conversation over the weekend when I sent y'all that text message about how how oh, uh, there you go. There you how go. Hurts was being disrespected. That's so why you know I had to call him and explain why how our other friend Kevin Watkins was all off base and messed up. No, no, no. What I was trying to say was y'all need to keep me out y'all bullshit. That's what I was trying to say. You can leave me out that group text. Next time y'all texting, I, you know, I'm honored. I appreciate it, but you can leave me on the side of that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me and Joe had a side conversation about that conversation. So yeah. yeah. All right. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Always Thank good talking to you, man. All right. All right, man. That's cool. That's uh, Clancy Hill Jr. The, the E stands for he took everybody's time today. Uh, but, you know, Smokey John's got a hell of a spot for it. Smokey John's Barbecue presents, gives you, uh, gives us Clancy Hill Jr. each and every Friday on uh, Jock Talk Podcast. Uh, go by Smokey John's. It's 1820 West Mockingbird. You know what? I had somebody, big name in the media, Nui Scruggs, came up to me yesterday and said, I hear about Smokey John's all the time. You know anything about that? And you know my response to him was, thanks for listening to the podcast, bro. Appreciate you. And uh, Nui's one of my boys. 
but as I had to tell him, I said, do I know anything about Smokey Johns? I said, dog, Brent and Juan, who owns Smokey Johns? Those are my guys. I said, dog, we got to roll by there and get <clears throat> the Jam Session Bowl. I said, my partner on the podcast, you know, Joe, I've been trying to get him one for weeks, and we just can't seem to work it out. But you, you meet me downtown, so you just come by the crib. We'll just shoot over there real quick and make it happen. I said, you know, man, to come with a mac and cheese base, because I described the whole thing to him, or a uh, mashed potato base. And then, dog, you get two out of five smoked meats. I said, I usually rock with the brisket and the sausage. I said, a friend of mine who won't ever meet me down here so he can get one, he really thinks the brisket brisket would be the best combination. <clears throat> then they put uh, everything you find on a loaded baked potato, dog. He said, like what? I said, you know, everything, whether it's bacon bits or chives or cheese, sour cream, but all of that stuff, dog. And then, man, that sauce, that sauce, you either drench it with it or you drizzle it with it, and then it comes out like that, bro. I said, it's a hearty meal, man. It's enough for two. I said, you and your daughter could kill it. <clears throat> I said, you and your other daughter, who's the athlete, she come down here, y'all, the three of y'all could kill it. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, Smokey John's Barbecue. And then I said, hey, dog, what you know about the rub? He said, I went by uh, the rub and got some of the rub. Put it on chicken all the time. It's delicious. Well, if y'all want to be like Nui, you can go to uh, SmokeyJohns.com, click on Marketplace, get the rub or the sauce delivered to your crib in just a couple of days. That would be fantastic. You can also find the rub at uh, H-E-B in Frisco for show. Uh, but Smokey John's Barbecue, it is to live for. It is uh, put something in your mouth and make yourself feel good. How about that? Uh, but that's Smokey John's Barbecue. They bring us uh, Clarence C. Hill Jr. each and every Friday. Uh, now let's move quickly since Clarence took all our time, dog. Um, let's go to who wins and why. Because we covered some of this in the, in the game. But I'm curious, man, when you talk about the Cowboys game, um, I don't say this often, but I'm really kind of serious. Do you see this as a must win? Yeah, I do. I see this as a must win because if they don't win, I think it'll do something to the morale of the team. Them guys right. riding high right now. And uh, a big win – over the Eagles, man, that that's just gonna that's gonna skyrocket their confidence. Well, it's interesting. Like, I don't think they're not confident. Well, I mean they 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 know they know what they've been doing. They know they know they know better than us what they're capable of. They know what they've been doing. They know they've been playing a lot of teams that now have a losing record. Right. They know that this chance right here, if if it's ever been a statement. Game, you know, that's that. What is that cliche statement? Game, this yeah. is a statement. Game, this says, Hey, you know, I think they confidence to they confident to a certain point. Hey, they win, they beating who they supposed to beat now, right? So, let's 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 whoop the Eagles and we'll see how much it affects the Eagles when they got the you know, when they got molly by San Francisco, <laughs> and, you know, how, how do they come back? See, that's a yep. statement game for them. It's going to be a good game this weekend, but I think it'll mean a lot to the Cowboys because, man, it, 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 it'll it'll kill the narrative that they choke us, that they can't beat nobody that's that's worth a damn, uh, that they can't they, they they just they only beat up on bad teams at home. Yeah, it's uh you know as I outlined with Clarence, there's a lot of a lot of reasons why the Cowboys should win this one. Uh, they're playing at home where they they're terrific. Uh, the turf is fast. 
uh, all those advantages. Uh, they've had extra days off against uh, to prepare for this team. Uh, you know, so every advantage they could want, and even the stuff, even the little stuff like you know San Francisco. The week after teams play San Francisco, the Cowboys are the only team to beat them in the last couple. Is is the only team to win the the, the week after in the last couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. I mean, in the last couple of years. And so all those advantages uh, point to Dallas. Uh, now I do think it's a big deal. Uh, this McCarthy appendectomy. Uh, now if he can call plays for the booth, I think that's a win because you know then you're insulated. You might not have as much fatigue because you're sitting down. Uh, you can get yourself a Dr. Pepper whenever you want one. How about that? Uh, and so I, I think uh, that might work out okay. Uh, and my whole thing was, you know, Mike, Mike McCarthy plays with a certain amount of aggressiveness. And uh, it's not to say that Schottenheimer won't, but you don't know. And so uh, I think that would be cool if he's up there. Uh, Terrence Steele. I, I, don't, I, don't ma- I don't think it matters as much. Whether Mike called a play, I think it matters whether he he installed. I mean, conventional wisdom say he 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 he's better. It's better if he call it. But if he can't, as long as he put the put the offense in, I think Schottenheimer and Dak will take care of the rest. When you know what you know, we in the military we used to call that the commander's intent. If you know the commander's intent, you can pull the mission off without him. And I think that's that's probably what. What they capable of doing, Mike don't necessarily have to call it as long as it's his stuff they running. That's just how I look at it. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And I say that because eh, that's interesting because I don't the commander's intent might be to go for it on fourth and one from the forty eight. Yeah. But those and, and, those are clutch decisions right there. But, I'm talking about just running <clears throat> running the offense. Yeah, those, the oh, decision making process. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Well, let me be clear because yeah. I think that's the issue. The issue is not to call another plays. Okay, that's what I thought. Shot, you were talking about. Because yeah. been a play caller before. Right. And with Dak. Okay, hey dog, this is kind of what I want to do. Blase, blase. It's the decision making. Yeah. You know, calling yeah. timeouts, when to go for it yeah. on fourth down. Like, yeah. is this a time for the kill because I sense it, or is this the time to go for it because they're trying to take the game over and we need we need to stop their momentum by going for it on fourth and two with our 47. Gotcha. It's all, it's all yeah. those things yeah. uh, that you worry about. Uh, Terrence Steele, uh, you feel good about him at uh, right tackle because he got dug up the last time these teams played? No, I don't feel good about it. They got to make adjustments to it. Um, because last time it was anybody he was he was he was in he was for the taking for anybody who lined up against him, and it depends on how much rest he's had, depending on how good that leg feel. Because usually sometimes you can get the you can get the leg back a little bit, you know, you can get right. back to you know you can get back to sixty seventy percent, and sometimes yeah. you just stay at fifty and you play off that. So it depends on where he is because he's all hands right now. He can't slide. None of that stuff. So do you adjust your play calling to that, or do you call the same stuff and hope he can can improvise some kind of way? Because last time it was no chance for Dak to drop back. Everybody was carving him up. 55, 7, 94 was Reddick, Graham, and the other guy. They was carving him up. They just lined up over there. Anybody lined up over there got him. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully he's a lot healthier. And technique-wise, you know, when you get hurt, you change your technique. Right, right, right. You know, so hopefully, you know, he realized, all right, I need to work on my technique. I need to change my stance, whatever I need to do to be able to block these guys. So, you know, hopefully, I don't know. What do you think? You think he ready? 
Well, I think look? he's uh, I think he's played a lot better the last three games because yeah. you haven't heard him. I mean, it's like a lot of offensive linemen. When you play good, we don't pay a lot of attention to you. When you play bad, everybody knows that you're having a tough day at the office. Well, a lot of teams have one defensive end, one type of defensive end to rush you. Well, you got three different guys over there. Seventy number seven, Reddick is a little guy. He fast. He gonna give you one problem. Brandon Graham is a stocky guy. He gonna give you a couple problems. And then ninety four, I think it's Sweat or something like that. Yeah, uh, he long. So they got they got different guys that'll get to you to play that left side and and, and try to get a hold of them. So I don't know. It's an interesting problem for them. It, it definitely affected the way they played last time. Uh, that being said, I think your Cowboys uh, emerged victorious. I got the Dallas Cowboys winning in a, in, in a uh, fourth quarter game, decided in the fourth quarter, uh, 34-27. I think Dak plays his butt off. But I think it's like you said, I think it's a terrific game. And the uh, Cowboys figure out a way to make a play in the fourth quarter. All right. Uh, now let's move on to the block, man. Some interesting stuff going on. One of uh, the icons in television died the other day. Uh, if you're of a certain age, you know Norman Lear, writer, director, producer, uh, who revolutionized primetime TV with All in the Family. I mean, check this out, Dan. That man had All in the Family, and he spun that into the show Mod, which was a big hit, although not nearly as popular as All in the Family. All in the Family also spun off the Jeffersons, which most black folks I know grew up watching on Sunday nights. Uh, my mom used to plait. Yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm take y'all back. My mom used to plait my hair, braid my hair uh, on Sunday nights, watching 60 Minutes, followed by the Jeffersons for years uh, when I was a kid. And then she'd take the plaits out on uh, Monday, and my afro would be good until the next weekend. So, yeah, that was my Sunday night thing. Watch football and then get my hair washed. My mom braided my hair, get it all right for Monday, unbraided, get that afro rocking, and I'm good to the next Sunday. So that's how I grew up. But uh, All in the Family, fantastic show. Uh, talked a lot about racism in a real kind of way. And I refer to some people now as Archie Bunker. Uh, you know, just kind of a... I don't even know what you call him. <laughs> he was a classic racist who really didn't know he was racist. You know, when you talk about them people and that and stuff like that. But uh, the Jeffersons was great because they showed, uh, you know, black people being, uh, you know, successful uh, without, you know, doing drugs in the business world. And so that was great. George Jefferson was a black man with attitude. Uh, which I loved. And, you know, he also created Good Times, man, which uh, is a show a lot of us grew up watching. And so uh, I felt uh, I felt a certain way for a minute when I found he died. I mean, he's 101, so he had a hell of a life. But uh, I still felt a certain way. Uh, you had any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a couple of things. There's some controversial stuff going on, talking about uh, who really wrote that stuff. Norman Lear did. But, uh, yeah, I remember all those shows. And uh, who don't? I mean, who 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 don't remember Walona <laughs> or, or or Thelma? Thelma still looks. Thelma still look good. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I, I watched a little Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker was good. What's the um the um 
the son-in-law on Archie Mike. Bunker. Oh, yeah, he a big-time He's a director, producer-director. Producer, yeah, he turned into yeah. producer-director. Uh, Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner, yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, he's done, uh, you know, I mean, he's... He was a decent actor, but he's a you know he's a superstar as a producer and director. Roger that. He's a, he was up there with I would say he he would be in the Ryan Howard category. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, just Ryan may have been Ryan was probably a well more well known as an actor because of uh, Andy Griffin and uh, Happy Days, but Rob Ryan is that dude, man. When it comes to uh, producing uh, yeah. movies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was Archie Bunker was was funny. Yeah, uh, as a kid, you don't you don't get half the jokes that he's saying, <laughs> and you know, as and we were so young, it was uh, we didn't know he was being racist till somebody told us, "Hey, he's being racist." You well, know, you know, you know what I'm saying? He was talking so much noise, it was like, "What? What? Wait a minute! What is he saying?" I think the uh, no, you you right? I think the beauty of the show is that he was racist. Mm-hmm. I, and I guess we should spell it out for uh, for people who are are not of that age. Okay, he was your classic racist, all right? But because he grew up, you know, the show was set in the 70s, and at that time, he probably in his 60s. So he grew up in Jim Crow and all that stuff, so it wouldn't surprise you that he was a racist. Um, but we talk all the time about what? Showing the humanity of kind of bad people. Mm-hmm. And so they showed you a lot of Archie's humanity. His wife, who Edith. he used to refer to as Edith as a dingbat, yeah. Uh, now think about that. You you actively always refer to your wife as a dingbat, like she dumb. Um, and you know she was she was kind of his humanity because she would she would point out a lot of the bad things he did in kind of a loving way. Uh, and then you had his kids, his his daughter, who was married to this guy, and they were both these real liberal, you know, they was hippies, you know, hippies, forward thinking people. So you yeah. got the daddy who the racist. And his daughter is this liberal, married to this uber liberal. And so you have all the dynamics of that going on. And then the show is in the 70s. So, you know, the civil rights movement is still in its infancy. So all these issues uh, are really at at the surface, even though he's writing shows about them. And it's a sitcom situation comedy. So all of that was uh, was kind of cool, especially as you look back at it now. But Carol O'Connor was a really good actor. Dude. And he ended up doing uh, In the Heat of the Night TV right. series, which was pretty good. You know what's funny is that show, people grew up with him, and he was probably typecast as Archie Bunker because it was such an iconic role that, um, you know, In the Heat of the Night allowed him to show, even though he was a well-respected actor, just show a different side of him and a completely different kind of character mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just showed his range and, and kind of his genius as, a, uh, as an actor. Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. No, nah, so it was uh, you know Norman Lear dead. One hundred and one uh, certainly left a legacy of TV, and Good Times was my show, man. Uh, all the characters were great. We all say from time to time, "Damn, damn, damn." Yeah, John Amos is still kicking, I think. Oh, John Amos had like a re, uh, like he's back being popular again. He came back alive in terms of popularity when Coming to America came out. I think. Uh, but John Amos was a really important factor because basically, and so was uh, Esther Rowe who played Florida Evans on Good Times because she was like, I'm not going to be a single parent. You want me to have this role? Give me a husband who's in the house. 
because why? You want to go against these stereotypes. Yeah. And so they had a strong black man, Jan, John Amos, as the husband, the dad, and he was so strong. Oh, they had black Hercules, what they had. That dude was yeah. stacked, man. Yeah. Oh, Lee. Uh, Junior? Yeah, yeah. He, ain't, he ain't really had to holler because just looking at him, knowing he could, man, he, hey, hey, John Amos was, like I said, he was jacked for them. those times. He was, he was a pretty jacked dude. No, he was, and uh, you know he ended up getting written off the show, killed in a in a trucking accident in Mississippi, which we all remember, because he was like, "You turning it? We, I'm not cooning for you. You turn. You want my characters to coon? You want my sons to act a certain way? And that's not how that's not how we would do it in a family led by me on this kind a, of show. I thought he had a contract dispute because of uh, Jimmy Walker. Well, that was part of the reason. Is that they wanted Jimmy to do certain things, and he was like, "No, nah, I'm not down with that." Oh, okay. Now, what's funny is, literally, I just saw a show about this uh, before Norman Lear died uh, a couple days ago, and so it's all kind of fresh. Uh, but uh, no, nah, it was good times. Great show, man. Great show. They dealt with a lot of issues there, and it was, uh, you know, uh, Norman Lear, man, uh, really contributed quite a bit. And on that note, man, let's uh, let's move quickly into uh, whispers from the star. That news you can't see here, read get anywhere but the Shock Talk podcast, baby. Okay, now check this out. It's been a minute because I've been trying to gather for y'all, and it's been a minute because you know sometimes you can't quite get the one-on-one conversations you want in today's locker room. So I've gathered a few things. I got enough for today, and I got enough for next week already, too. So we good. So I'm going to break it down to you a little bit like this. Let's start with this. Let's start with the question one Big Joe and the Big Rig has had for several weeks. And yesterday, I talked to the man in question for a a minute, and I got all the answers. And here it is. Kevante Turpin, does your body feel any different this year than it did last year? You know what that man told me? That man told me, no. My, I mean, he said, yeah, my body feel good, but I'm an athlete. I'm a baller. My body going to always be good. I'm always going to be able to go out and do athletically whatever is asked of me, whatever is required. And at that moment, I said, dog, but you played all them back-to-back seasons. You, you really was, the body wasn't a problem? Because I was probing, because that's what I do. That's why I am that dude. And then he looked at me and said, no, nah, I promise you, the body was not the problem. I was, however, mentally fatigued, and my brain wouldn't work all the time. I said, oh. And then I said, and y'all know how I do it. I was like, okay, if your brain don't work all the time because you're mentally fatigued, how does that show up? What does that really mean? He said, oh, you know, you dozing off in meetings. <laughs> you can't get your, you, you busting assignments. You're not running the plays right. All the time with the consistency that you need to have. And he said, and that's what, that's what leads to non-consistent playing time because you're not consistent in practice. And it's all because I was mentally tired. But they understood that even if I didn't. He said, so I met with Mike McCarthy after the season. We had our exit interview. And Mike McCarthy told me, spend the offseason getting some rest. Rest your body. Rest your mind. We're going to work you into the offense next year. We're going to get you some plays. We're going to put a package together for you, and we're going to see what you can do. So get your mind right, get your body right, and come in at training camp ready to, ready to have a package of plays and be a contributor to the office, not just a special teams guy. 
And he told me that was great for him because why? He knew he could do special teams. He said, I knew I could make a career in special teams. He said, but I wanted to be a receiver. I just don't want to be a returner. I want to be a receiver. And so this year he got 11 catches, 123 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he's got eight carries for 79 yards. He's being a productive offensive player in the limited opportunities that he gets, and that's okay because you don't need him all the time. You need him to say, oh, y'all slept on me this time, got me matched up against the wrong dude. Holla, I'm finna bust your ass. That's the kind of player he's become. And so that to answer Big Jordan, the Big Red's question, Kevante Turpin, his body is still good, but his mind a hell of a lot fresher than it's been the last uh, – Last year with your Dallas Cowboys. Whoosh. How come we ain't got no swoosh, though? Because you just put that, you just added that to the notes at the last minute. I didn't see that, but all right, man. You make uh, your own swoosh. You drive, well, me yeah. nuts. you drive me nuts with that <laughs> swoosh. But all right, then. Now, we can have a conversation because the man sent me about 30 swooshes and he got mad because I didn't hear the right swoosh. Oh, this one. No, no, no. This one. <laughs> no, no, no. This, this swoosh right here. Wait, wait, wait. Go back to the third one. Go back to the four. You know what? You know what? That was the same that one. Man. I gave you the same swoosh four times, and you thought it was the different one. That yeah. man cussed me out about the swoosh. Yeah, it was right. like going to the eye doctor. Yeah. Clearer? Yes. Yes. Clearer? <laughs> one, Clearer. One or two? Yes. Two. One? Two or two. Two or one. Yeah, yeah. That, it was It was worse than that. Like, man, <laughs> at the, sometimes you go, Doc, you pick it, Doc. Just leave it right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's my swoosh. No, that yeah. was a bad one. Yeah. Whoosh. Okay, and yeah. so we moving on to Stefan yeah, Gilmore. I won't, I won't ever be able to hear it that decibel again. Go ahead. <laughs> I had a good conversation with him, and the conversation was about guess who? It's about Deron Bland. See, Stefan Gilmore been that dude. I mean, he been that dude for a minute, and so he is a very. I like talking to him. I really do, because he is a very laid back guy very quiet uh but very intense and so and because uh and he's a he's a football guy and what that means is he likes to talk football he likes to talk the intricacies and the nuance of football and so when you ask him questions like hey who is the hardest dude to defend at the top of the stem when they running routes he might talk for 30 minutes, just y'all just talking. Because then you start saying, okay, well, what about this guy? What about that guy? And he can break it all down, and he truly is uh, one of my favorite people to talk to. But, you know, he also is a dude who was what? Defensive player of the year in uh, 2019 when he had six picks, returned two for touchdowns, and uh, played with the New England Patriots. And so you're talking to him about Deron Bland. Like, hey, man, Deron Bland been balling, but – Real talk, man. He got roasted last week. How do you see him being able to come back from that? And, you know, the thing about, um, about Stephon Gilmore is, and he broke it down in a good way. He was like, the thing about Deron is, and you, because he was like, you seen him around the locker room. Have you ever seen him overly hyped or overly no, low? No, he's just the same dude every day. And he said, as a corner, that's really the mentality you got to have. Because you're going to get beat. It's the NFL. You're going to give up some catches. You're going to give up some yards. You're going to give up some plays. It's the NFL. How do you recover from that? He said he's going to recover fine. He said he went and got picked after that first half last, year, last week. And so he's like, he's the same guy every day, every practice. He never changes. That's why he's going to be around this league for a long time. 
And uh, he knows what he did wrong. He's made some corrections, and uh, he's going to be fine. I got no worries about Deron Bland because he understands that it's always about the next play for a corner. And if you don't get that mentality, you will not be in this league long. Matter of fact, he's like, real tough. If you don't get that mentality, you might not even make it to the league because all the corners here pretty much have that. Otherwise, they wouldn't get here because you're going to get beat as you run into receivers. That's still fine, Gilmore, under Ryan Bland. Whoosh. Now, that was a perfect swoosh right there. Yep, that's goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Incredibly goofy, but go ahead. Uh, I had another great talk yesterday. You know who I had it with, man? Take a guess. Me. That's what you nah. had it with. Oh, okay. Because nah. you're it making was- me guess. I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm like everybody else. I'm trying to. I'm trying to listen to what you're saying. Go ahead. Oh man, Tank Lawrence. Cool. And I, and I had a couple. And this was a this was. And you know, I like to. Sometimes the reason, as I told you, I take a minute to get these private tete-a-tetes. And so, I wanted to talk to Tank on a couple things yesterday. And I finally got got a chance to do it because he was a, a named Cowboys Man of the Year uh, this week, which puts him in the running to be what. NFL, NFL yeah. man of the year. Oh, and cool. Tank Lawrence is a guy, don't forget, he got suspended early in his career for violating league substance abuse policy. Um, he hurt his back early in his career, uh, was a borderline bust early in his career, and then made himself a dominant player from a, uh, from a pro bowler to a real star in the league, got that huge uh, check, humbled himself enough to take a pay cut that he didn't have to take. Because he could have told the Cowboys, I'm just going to tell you, go fuck yourself, and I'm going to go sign somewhere else as a free agent. Uh, but he wanted to be in Dallas, wanted to play for the Cowboys. Uh, he's a family man. And I say that in the sense of uh, he's been married to his girl almost since – I mean, they've been together almost since his rookie year. He's been married now probably 10 years because his kids are like 10 and 8 and 6, something like that. Uh, but, dude, I remember early in his career, like – couple years into his career before he became quote tank lawrence he was one of those rookies that was in the community doing things with his uh, with his uh, uh charity sometimes those cats just put a charity together so they can have a tax write-off but he was early on in his career doing it and i remember because he scheduled like this bowling event man out in Sigaville. and i was going out there and i'm like what the hell is way out here? Uh, but that's where he wanted to go that first year. And, and so when we finished our conversation, I'll tell you about our conversation in a minute. I told him, and I, I try to do this with cats. Uh, I said, hey, man, for whatever it's worth, uh, it's, been, it's been really cool to watch you evolve over the 10 years you've been here uh, into a guy who you couldn't get. I, I know some of y'all going to find this hard to believe. You could not get two words out of Tank Lawrence his first couple years in the league. You could not get two words out of him. And I remember telling him uh, after he came back from violating the substance abuse policy, uh, got suspended for four games, he talked to the media. And when it was done, I said, Doug, that's a great thing you did right there because I know that's not what you like to do. And it took a lot of courage for you to get up there and talk and answer the questions and answer them as truthfully as you were going to. And... uh, uh, you know, give you some non-basic answers, but, you know, really try to answer. So you should be proud of yourself, dog. And so it's kind of cool to watch some cats uh, just mature. And now, you know, he's a dad, got three or four kids, he's married, and uh, he's a family man. 
And uh, it's just cool when you see that. And as I was telling him that, he was smiling, and he dabbed me up, and I said, because, dog, you know everybody don't, everybody's story don't end like that. And we've all seen it. He's like, yeah, I know I'm blessed. And so it was a good conversation. Uh, but in the midst of that conversation, I was, you know, he's, and I, I was talking to him uh, because, you know, he made that huge fourth down play against Seattle, where if they get that first down, man, it's fourth and one from about somewhere around midfield. And I'm just convinced if they get that thing with about three minutes left or four minutes left, the game is over because that's three first downs in a row. They're going to bleed the clock down. And, and, and that was, to me, one of the biggest plays of the game. And so I'm talking about that, and he's like, you know, I can't tell you all my secrets, but what I've learned over my career, and it's not going to be breaking news to people who really understand football or people who've played football, uh, like Joe. Uh, but what he said is, dog, at a certain point in your career, it's fourth and one. You study tape, you have a feel for what they're going to do, and if you get that look, much like a quarterback, when he sees something, when you get that look, you just go for it, man. You got to trust your preparation, trust what you see, and then go play. Go make that play um, at 100 miles an hour. He said, so I saw it, I trusted it, I went for it. He said, now if you don't get it, coach is going to be in your ass. Talking about you wrecked the defense, you didn't do what you're supposed to do. He goes, but your preparation leads you to make those plays. And so I saw it. I was like, this is it right here. I know it is. And so I went for it, and that's what it was, and I was able to make the play. And so, you know, the other question I had for him was, duh, you get paid in this league for making sacks. You don't sack the quarterback as much lately, you know, last few years. But most people consider you one of the top all-around defensive ends in the game. When did you stop chasing sacks? What you think, it, what you think the answer was? I don't know. I don't know why you keep doing that. <laughs> when I got paid. All right. Because when you get paid, you've paid. So now you don't have to worry so much about getting sacks. You can worry about being the player that you want to be in all-around defensive end. He said Rod Marinelli told him that. He said, hey, man, you can be as good as you want to be. Go, get, go stop the run on your way to the quarterback. Beat your guy at the line of scrimmage. Live in the backfield. He said, that's what Ryan Marinelli told him. He said, if you live in the backfield, you can never be wrong because yep. you're either going to stop runs and make plays behind the line of scrimmage and drop people for losses, or you're going to say, hey, they passing. Let me go get the quarterback. He said, if you live in the backfield, you can, you can just never go wrong. So make it your goal to beat your guy with consistency and live in the, in the offensive backfield, and good things will always happen to you. It's very rarely that you can be in the backfield and bad things happen. Either you blow up the play and they got to go somewhere else and somebody else make the tackle, you get the tackle, you get the sack, but just understand that if you live in the backfield, there's very few things that can go wrong. And so he really took that to heart. He said in year four, and then that's the same year he said that he developed that famous cross-chop move that he has where he takes uh, – can you explain his cross-chop to people? No, I just see him stabbing. I see him stabbing with his with his right arm, and then chopping with his. I mean, stabbing that's, with his left yeah. arm, and then coming over and chopping with his right arm. No, and, and that's yeah. Go ahead. That's no, that's 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 a good that's a good definition of it. He hits you with his right arm, one of his arms, and he come down and chop your hands yeah. away with the other one. That's why they call it a cross chop. That's yeah, like a stab. And a lot of def, a lot of defensive defensive linemen use that move. He perfected it, like you know you could. 
put the whole teaching clinic on how to do the cross chop by Demarcus Lawrence, and and um, you know so that's what he does. That's what made him an elite player. Uh, and then what happened? Offensive lineman, he he stood up and showed me. He said it's like they took their hands away and started playing like their hands behind their back because I was going to chop their hands off. He said then it became oh now you off balance now I can use power. And so he just had a whole bag of tricks based off of that one move he had perfected, and that and and. Uh, He's used that now to make himself a really outstanding player. And while he telling me this, I looked at him and I said, Duh, you sound like a quarterback talking about how the defense is slowed down and you in the matrix and you can see everything. He looked at me and he's like, you're exactly right. That's just how I feel. And uh, that's Demarcus Lawrence. That's all I got for you on Whispers for the Star today. I got some more coming up, but I don't want to blow it all. Well, he, sacrif- he sacrificed a lot of his game, too. Okay. You know, to let everybody else get some. That's not that's again. the beauty of him. You know, not that's again. why I like him so much because he don't he is it goes in it, it, it goes in with everything you were saying about him. He sacrificed a lot of his game. He probably teach a lot. He sacrificed a lot where he line up, you know, on passing downs. It ain't it ain't optimal for him to get a lot of sacks when he line up at defensive tackle. Yeah. On but passing again, down. again, when you've been paid Yep. You don't mind doing all those yep. things. When you want to win. Uh, when you want to win. Because uh, somebody asked him yesterday, uh, right before our conversation started, about, hey, man, you on your way to another Pro Bowl. That man looked at him and said, I could give a fuck about another Pro Bowl. Yeah. He said, my kids don't spend enough of my money at the Pro Bowl. I've been to three of them. He said, I'm trying to win. If it yeah. ain't the Super Bowl, yeah. I don't want to be bothered with it. I'm all about the Super Bowl. That's the only thing I care about. That's the only reason I'm playing. And I was like, well, go on with your bad self, dog. When I, see him, when I see him line up at deep defensive tackle on third down, I get excited because I know something something good is coming. You know, something good is coming. That, that's just it's just one of them things where you can loop Mike around. You can come – Mike can be lined up to the side of him. It, it don't matter. It's, it's, just, it's just good. It's crazy watching defense like that. Man, if people watch defense like they watch the offense, they see the Cowboys doing some, some magical stuff on third down. Yep. Uh, so that's uh, that's Demarcus Lawrence. That's whispers from the star. No swoosh. I hope y'all like my sound effects instead. Uh, Whoosh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't forget to follow your boy. I am Jean Jacques Taylor at uh, JJT Journalist on Twitter. Uh, you can pick up my book, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Making of Men on Amazon.com, Walmart.com, BarnesandNoble.com, wherever you get your books. It's available everywhere. The the uh, audio book is fire. Um, Smokey John's Barbecue Jam Session Bowl is always there waiting for you and uh, don't forget we are always presented by Grinning Law so until we talk again you guys be blessed